great battles in the Civil War were in Virginia, except Vicksburg, the decisive battle. Or is all of that wrong? We'll find out when we come back to Civil War Talk Radio. Have you let your website go stale? Wish you didn't have to wait for your web developer to return your call when you want to update content? You don't have to. Now you can easily and instantly manage your own website content using affordable Avalar technology. Avalar is a website development and hosting company that provides turnkey internet solutions for companies like yours that need to stay focused on core business. Avalar gives you the power to control your website and make updates and additions in real time without having to learn HTML or other complicated programming tools. Websites powered by Avalar feature capabilities that attract more customers and enhance relationships with existing customers. Avalar offers a multitude of leading-edge solutions, including lead generation and referral tracking, shopping carts and payment processing, membership management, and search engine optimization, to name a few. Take advantage of the full power of the Internet using Avalar technology at www.avalar.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R.com. Vitality is a natural expression of health, success, and fulfillment. And yet it's rare to meet people bubbling with vitality. That's because most of us push ourselves too hard. And when we trigger the internal alarms that tell us to change our diets, attitudes, or activities, we ignore them. Allowing outside pressures to override our internal alarms undermines our health, sabotages our success, and limits our potential. If you're ready to reclaim your natural vitality, to begin living a life you love, visit thevitalyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich at East Carolina University with Albert Castell today talking about General Sherman, uh, General Grant, and other Union generals, some of them who have perhaps been overrated over time. Uh, Albert, one of the things that most historians have agreed on for many years is that uh, even more than Gettysburg, Vicksburg was one of the great decisive battles of the Civil War. But you've written that in many ways Vicksburg really was not that significant a turning point. Mm-hmm. It, yes, I have. Uh, and let me throw in a plug for North and South Magazine, where I've seen your your writing many times on issues like that. It's a uh, I think a very interesting uh, place. You, uh, interested listeners can go back to back issues of North and South and read uh, your debate uh, about Sherman with Stephen Woodworth, for example, or uh, your discussion of Vicksburg. Um, I went back and looked at that recently, and, and I'd always assumed Vicksburg was indeed uh, the, the critical blow in the West that divides the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. But you make some interesting points about it. Well, I, thank you. I try to uh, make... Um an orthodox case, um, but I don't claim um, all that much originality for it. Um, uh, <clears throat> this case uh, for Vicksburg not being as um, decisive as um, usually uh, stated, uh, uh, first made back in 1971 by um, Thomas L. Conley. Um, a professor at the University of uh, South Carolina. And um, <clears throat> he um, did it in an article that appeared in uh, Military Affairs, uh, 
journal now known as the uh, Journal of Military History. And um, <coughs> as some people um, know, uh, I uh, did not always agree with uh, Thomas L. Connolly. In fact, uh, we uh, <coughs> had a sort of a debate uh, about uh, Lee. He was very critical of Robert E. Lee, and uh, I thought uh, his criticisms were uh, unfounded and uh, proceeded to say so. But uh, the, um, I found much of what he had to say uh, in this article on uh, Vicksburg uh, to be valid. And uh, so I drew on that and uh, also on some um, research and uh, uh, thinking on my own part. And uh, the result was an article which uh, tries to uh, demonstrate that uh, <coughs> Long before uh, Vicksburg fell, the uh, western part of the Confederacy, the Trans-Mississippi, uh, was <coughs> had seized to provide, <coughs> excuse me, seized to provide uh, very much in the way of uh, troops or anything else to the eastern part, and that um, in effect the uh, Confederacy was um, already cut in two before Vicksburg uh, fell. And furthermore, uh, after Vicksburg fell, uh, there was no great resumption of <coughs> uh, river traffic and commerce along the Mississippi River uh, until uh, after the war ended. But if it was not significant economically or strategically in terms of, of resources, why did uh, the Confederate High Command put such a premium on Vicksburg? Why did they send Pemberton to guard the place with such a large force? Uh, excuse me again. Because uh, Jefferson Davis uh, felt that uh, it would be a disastrous psychological and political blow for the Confederacy to uh, give up uh, that uh, hold on the Mississippi River. So it's a symbol. Symbol, yes. And uh, Jefferson Davis uh, was the head of a nation that was trying to uh, achieve recognition as an independent nation. And uh, to give up uh, territory, vital territory, um, would um, destroy the cause. Uh, not only as far as uh, foreign recognition of the Confederacy was concerned, but also uh, support uh, on the part of the Southerners themselves. So he felt compelled to uh, fight for everything that he could possibly hold on to, and if he lost something, to uh, try to regain it. So in, you might draw a parallel to uh, Stalingrad in the Second World War, mm -hmm. where, where Stalin and Hitler both invest great symbolic importance in that particular city mm -hmm. and stage a fight to the death there. It was not an unimportant city, but uh, they, they both made it more important than it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... <clears throat> I think you make a very good point there. It's one that's not occurred to me, and I uh, thank you for it. Now, you also make the point in your uh, uh, article that that Grant failed to uh, to effectively capture Pemberton's army because he captures it and then paroles it, mm -hmm. and the parole system was breaking down by 1863 for numerous reasons, mm -hmm. and many of those soldiers, uh, Confederate soldiers, end up back in the ranks. Yes, well, there was a 
among them, uh, in particular, were uh, the Missourians. Uh, they had no home they could go back to. In True. Missouri was under Union occupation. Uh, so after they were paroled, they really had no uh, choice except to uh, go back into the Confederate Army. And uh, enough troops um, <coughs> captured at Vicksburg uh, returned to uh, the Confederate Army to uh, play a role in uh, the uh, Confederate uh, victory at uh, Chickamauga and uh, later on in uh, a very important role in the Atlanta campaign. And um, but um, back to the psychological aspects of yeah. things. Um, I think uh, for the North, it was a uh, also a, it was a psychological or symbolical uh, victory. Uh, I don't uh, deny that, but uh, I try to uh, demonstrate, and what Connolly tried to demonstrate was that uh, the. Um, just from a strictly uh, practical uh, standpoint, it didn't make that much difference. Well, that's uh, definitely a view that most people haven't considered, and I think the exercise of rethinking our, our common assumptions about uh, history in general, and the Civil War in particular, is, is mm -hmm. a useful exercise. Yes, well, uh, I should say, too, that uh, Connolly's article was... Uh, Presented in considerable detail in um, Archer Jones's and uh, Herman Hathaway's uh, book, uh, How the North Won. And uh, I believe this is a note that was written by Archer Jones because he was a he collaborated with um, Conley on one or two books, and uh, has a long uh, note there in that book in which he. Uh, on the whole, uh, <clears throat> agrees with uh, what uh, Connolly wrote back in 1971. So uh, I'm not uh, totally alone, and far from original, in making this, uh, shall we say, uh, unorthodox uh, uh, statement about the uh, consequences of the uh, capture of Vicksburg by Grant. Well, I'm, I'm turning around in my chair in my office and looking at the uh, that volume on the shelf, How the North Won, which uh, I think is one of the, the great books about the war. And I'd yeah, well, there's a. It's understandable that uh, Civil War historians, especially younger ones, uh, would not know about uh, Connolly's article, but uh, I do think that uh, the Jones Hathaway book is um, something that. Um, any uh, serious Civil War historian, uh, regardless of age, should uh, be acquainted with. I, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, what else, that that's a question that always uh, brings up different thoughts. What other books would you consider central to uh, to your study of the Civil War, to anyone's Civil War library, or had a particular influence on you? <laughs> well, uh I could go on forever about that. Uh, I'll just simply say that uh, uh, I received for my 14th birthday, uh, just published in 1942, uh, the first volume of uh, Douglas South Hall Freeman's uh, Lee's Lieutenants. Uh, and uh, um, 
well, the other two volumes, and Freeman's uh, <coughs> R.E. Lee, four volumes. Uh, I would say that, in fact, I know from a recent uh, poll that I think appeared in uh, North and South that uh, this is uh, Freeman's works are um, considered by more Civil War historians and uh, most Civil War historians, at least those who were polled, as being uh, the greatest uh, books uh, written about the Civil War. So, those and um, um, <coughs> Battles and Leaders of the Civil War, which, um, of course, came out in the 1880s, but uh, there you have what uh, the generals themselves had to say about things, and it's a that's a necessary work and always will be. Uh, that's right. The, the uh, those wonderful collections of articles from from Century Magazine uh, that mm -hmm. were collected in Battles and Leaders, uh, remarkably, are now being supplemented. Uh, a fifth and sixth volume have come out in the last few years, edited by Peter Cousins. I have the fifth. I didn't know the sixth. It I, 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 Thanks for the information. I believe it's the sixth is out. If, if uh, I, I thought I saw it at a conference recently, mm -hmm. but it is a uh, a great thing to do to continue this tradition of finding these uh, great uh, memoirs, resources uh, that the, the generals themselves left behind. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, those memoirs are not always accurate. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, uh, an essay about General Sherman. Memoir, memoirs are um, rarely, shall we say, uh, totally frank. Well, we we have talked a lot about Union generals, and you mentioned Lee and your uh, regard for him as mm -hmm. differing from that of Connolly or perhaps Alan Nolan. Uh, what? Uh, although we don't have a lot of time left, uh, it would be not fair to spend the whole time on, on one side. Uh, do you have any particular thoughts on uh, uh, anyone who might be overrated or underrated on the Confederate side? Um, well, I think some people have uh, overrated uh, Joseph Johnston. Um, and uh, otherwise, I think, uh, on the other hand, um, some have. Uh, Denigrated uh, John Bell Hood uh, more than he deserves, but um, <clears throat> uh, I, I don't want to put. As far as the Confederates are concerned, as far as um, Union generals are concerned, I uh, think that uh, we very much need a uh, full-fledged uh, biography of uh, William S. Rosecrans, and uh, I think that. Uh, He's not uh, received the uh, credit that he's deserved. He deserves, and um, also uh, a uh, up-to-date, full-fledged, uh, and very good uh, biography of uh, George H. Thomas, who was a Virginian who remained loyal to the Union, and uh, who. Um, I personally think if uh, he had been placed in command of the uh, Atlanta campaign, would have uh, ended it much sooner, would have uh, utterly crushed the Confederate Army and uh, put um, the Union Army in Georgia in a position to um, go off to Virginia and 
join Grant and simply uh, overwhelm Lee uh, well before the election of 1864. Interesting. Uh, Thomas certainly did not move rapidly, but when he moved, it tended to be decisive. Well, I find that um, a mystery to me, uh, why he is so often described as being uh, slow. Um, I um, gather that uh, while he was um, drilling uh, West Pointers and cavalry tactics, uh, he would uh, constantly say, say, slow trot, slow trot. And uh, I know that uh, he uh, suffered a mishap in which he hurt his back uh, just on the eve of the Civil War, and that this, uh, along with his uh, very large uh, physique, uh, caused him to move around uh, slowly. But uh, I don't find any indication that uh, he was uh, slow in uh, carrying out uh, military movements. Uh, I, I would say that uh, Thomas may not have been slow, but time, unfortunately, is very fast, and we have already gotten to the end of our show today. Uh, Albert Castle, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. It's been a pleasure talking to you, as always. Uh, I hope we can do it again soon sometime. Thank you. And this is Jerry Prokopovich with Civil War Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.